Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister with the CC Podcast Conversations, and I'm with Andrew at CPE 2022, Lexington, Kentucky, Rupp Arena, 10 feet away. Yeah. Have you enjoyed your time here? I've enjoyed my time here. It's been a very good time. It's been a worthwhile uh, excursion for us to, to get down here. 18 interviews in 48 hours. I feel like we've been working pretty hard. 18 interviews in like 42 hours. So yeah, you've 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 had your nose to the grindstone. I've uh, been I've been cranking these things out after the hours. So yeah, we've we've uh, earned our paycheck this week. This interview that you're going to hear right now is with Captain Kevin Smith, and he wrote a book about being a Top Gun pilot. He was on the front end of the sonic, you know, airplanes going faster than the speed of sound. And then how do you figure out how to do combat at those speeds? Yeah. His book's called Sonic Warrior. And there's an interesting conversation with Kevin. One thing that we talked about was how do you be, you know, these pilots get a bad rap for being arrogant and conceited and self-assured. And he said, there's no question we need to be self-confident. But how do you be self-confident without that competing with God confidence? Sure. Like, how do you be self-confident but not self-righteous? Yeah. We had some conversation about that that was interesting. And there was also some really interesting conversation just about the military side of what he spent his life doing. I'm sure. Yeah. There's, um, you know, you think about there's a lot of overlap there that, uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the men and women in our armed forces are are you know religious and and Christian, um, but I'm you know there's um, there's a lot of definite issues to address there, and so uh, I'm I'm excited to hear this interview. This is one that we've uh, we've we've been excited for for quite a while. Yep, Top Gun pilot Kevin Smith. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for your service, and to our audience, thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody, Matt Reister here. I'm at the Christian Products Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, and I am with Captain Kevin Smith. He's a U.S. Navy retired Top Gun pilot. Kevin, how are you doing this morning? I'm great. Glad to be here. This isn't your first rodeo. You were just telling me you've got a podcast of your own. Yes. So yes, you're used to talking into the microphone yeah, and right. recording and, and all of that. Absolutely. Stuff. Yeah. So just quick, um, before we get into your story, what, what is the podcast that you have? I, uh, the name of the podcast is uh, Throttle Up or Throttle Up Radio. Okay. You know, it goes, uh, the website is throttleupradio.com. Uh-huh. And you can find it, but the, but the podcast now is being offered on all the podcast platforms. That's great. They're just picking it up. And right. how often do you do episodes and what do you I, talk about? Yeah, I, do it, I do once a week. All right. also do a radio show for Red State Talk Radio. And my show is a weekend show. Okay. All right. So I do a show a week. Uh, the weekend show on Red State Talk Radio is, uh, is aired 
Saturdays and Sundays. So you, so you can go there or you go to the, my podcast and you can find it anywhere. Podcast now, Throttle Up Radio, you can find it anywhere. Right. Awesome. So we want to hear your story uh, as a Top Gun pilot. I mean, Top Gun is not ever been hotter than it is right now it's, with the new red, movie coming out it's red hot it is red did you hot. see the movie yeah i did yeah so uh, what is yeah. the perspective of somebody who actually is a fighter pilot on movies like that i personally loved it but i don't know anything about how it actually works and if it's no. real yeah i mean it's as close i mean it's not completely real all right so that's not complete reality but it is darn close and it's really good you know if i had to rate it I'd give it an A plus. That's right? great. Because it's, I mean, coming it's, from somebody who yeah. knows what they're talking about. And that, you know, that, that was my life for a long time. Yeah. I actually did that. Right? Did you what? Know. Train pilots? Uh, well, did that kind of mission that they were trying to do. Yeah. You know, this low-level, high-speed mission into the target. Yeah. You know, and attack the target and get out without getting jumped. Or if you are jumped by enemy fighters... All right. You yeah. had to defend yourself, and you had to defeat the enemy fighters, and that was my job. So when were you in doing that? Like, what years? From the 60s to the 80s. So Cold War? Yeah, mostly Cold War. I got involved in Vietnam as well Okay. Right, for a period of time. I had, and, and my involvement was very, very unusual all right, because it wasn't standard. You can say that my career was not standard. Okay. <laughs> you know, it was, it was like, uh, you know, how did you get here? Well, uh, probably because I didn't want to go there. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and so, <laughs> you know, it was kind of one of those things. And you had, you know, you had some leverage, right? You have to understand about the, the life of a Navy fighter pilot is, is um, unlike anything else, period. Right. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't want to admit that, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, because we do our work from the deck of an aircraft carrier. Yeah, All right. So it's like nothing else that you can possibly imagine. The beauty of Top Gun One and Top Gun Two is that they open their opening scenes are or off scenes the off the carrier. Yeah, right? that's an environment that you can't even possibly imagine exists, and yet it does. It does exist. One thing to just cut in quick that finally dawned on me about halfway through my life I always wondered like why are Navy people flying because I thought that was the Air Force well Navy people are flying on and off carriers they're, they're flying off the sea I mean that's what right. distinguishes it right right yeah right. so our airfield moves yeah Right, and you think, well, that's kind of a cute little saying, Kevin. What does that mean? <laughs> that is the most strategically important thing in warfare. Period. Say right. more about that. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, because a carrier task force is the most lethal war machine ever created by man. All right, and why? To protect this country. Yeah. Right. Now. Why do we want to protect the United States? Because everybody else wants it. Yeah. Right. And they've wanted it for a long time. Why? Because we have, we have resources. You yeah. Know, we have wealth. We have the best people you can possibly imagine. We have innovation and creativity. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom, Freedom brings innovation and creativity. Think about that. You know, we are the most creative country uh, on God's earth. You know, yeah. and and keep that in mind too, because yeah. 
because we are founded on the principle of one nation under God. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's pretty critical. And when you go around the world like I have, you know, people look up to this country. Yeah. Right? Because we are free and because we do embrace that yeah. idea. Yeah. Right. Uh, back to your comments about a carrier group. Is that what you said? A carrier being the carrier most lethal. A carrier test force. Being the most right. lethal war right. machine ever right. created. Um, my cousin, I was telling you, who went to the Naval Academy and was a sub commander. Are those subs also in the deploy of protecting the carrier task force? Yeah, they are. Or are they doing their yeah. own thing? No, no. Both. Okay. Both. Yeah. Yeah. When a carrier task force, task force deploys, we deploy with also submarines. But, but the numbers are highly classified so they don't even tell us aviators yeah you know we know that there's subs out there but they we don't but we don't know how many yeah if you ask me what's your guess you know it's i would say more than one yeah you know that's about it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know, because that's really <laughs> yeah. really super secret stuff but so so to get back into this top gun thing all right so i was I was at the early stages of supersonic flight, and mm. that is really critical to understand or have a better or a more complete understanding of this whole Top Gun infatuation. Yeah. Right? And I think the Top Gun infatuation is good. I don't say that in any negative way. I think it's good. I think it's positive. I think it points to the fact that we need more people like this that are willing to push the envelope and go beyond the ordinary. Yeah. Right. Now, we had to do that initially because when it was possible for us to actually travel or fly faster than the speed of sound, which it is, yep. that was not a trivial occurrence in the course of human events. That was a big deal. Right, and now my job was to figure out how do you actually perform combat at those speeds? Yeah. And that was unknown. Kind of like, you know, somebody gives you a job or a mission, okay, and, and you have this objective. Yeah. Okay, and it's gotta be done, it's pretty critical, it's mission critical. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, for your company, for the country. Yep. Right. And you say, well, do you have anything to help me out in terms of manuals and procedures? Nothing. And nothing. Zero. You start from ground right, zero. Start from scratch. You know, and and the, the answer you get is no. You have to figure it out uh, along the way. Right. Is but, this why part of why your career was not ordinary? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because we were we were on the ground floor. I was on the ground floor, right? And and my career was probably one of the most unordinary careers that a naval officer has ever experienced. And I was totally delighted because I love this stuff, right? Yeah. You know, you send me out there and I say, "Okay, how far?" You know, yeah. you know, are you willing to go? Sure. Yeah, I'll do it. Right. So kind of like the beginning of the movie where they're trying to hit Mach 10 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole point. That's the whole point of the movie. Right. You know, go beyond the ordinary. You yeah. know, go into the unknown and not and not be afraid 
of going into the unknown because you had trust in yourself and you had trust in a higher power. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. That's how you do it, by the way. You don't go out there alone. Yeah. Right? You have trust in a higher power. Yeah. Right? You bring the higher power with you. Yeah. That's how I did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I and so I was on the ground floor, started Top Gun back in actually I started Top Gun Initiative in 1968, which was a year before the Navy Fighter Weapons School was formed. So, uh, and, and to start my career, which I explain in my book, The Sonic Warrior, to start my career, I actually flew the worst, the first supersonic airplane ever built. Wow. All right. So awesome. I was on the very ground floor of supersonic flight. And then I went on to fly the F.A. Crusader, which at one time was the fastest airplane in the world. And it's uh, set a number of speed records, won the, both the Thompson and the Collier Trophy and all that stuff, right? So, so that was my home for a long time. What, what, what was your home, Kevin? You know, the cockpit of the F.A. Crusader. I loved it. Yeah. Right, you couldn't get me out of the cockpit. Yeah. You would have to pull me out. How many other guys were doing this? How many? Yeah. I'm Very few. Like, like five, 10, 30? Uh, very few in the course of, uh, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you a rough number. Yeah. All right. So I have a lot of time in the F.A. Crusader, which is very unusual. All right, because I stayed in it. Reason why I, was, I stayed in it because I love the airplane and I was pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. Okay. There is a plaque in the National Museum of Naval Aviation. All right. There's a there's a kind of a big plaque. Mm -hmm. And on the plaque there are names on it. Yeah. All right. And the names signify those naval aviators mm -hmm. who have it who have flown more than 2,000 hours in the F.A. Crusader. Right? Mm -hmm. was, that's a, kind of like a career of flying. Yeah. How many names do you think are on the plaque? I have no idea, but I was going to say the top end of my, my lit, 30? 32. 32? Yeah. Okay. 32. Wow. All right. So wow. That's, that's, that's the size of the community. And when very, you said you small. stayed in it, do you mean... You stayed in it after you could have gone to something more advanced? You stayed in the A, whatever? Yeah, I stayed in it for a couple of reasons. Yeah. Number one is that, is that uh, because this community that I was in, which was the F.A. fighter community, right? this community was chronically short of pilots. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I had gone into other communities, I would not have been able to stay in the cockpit for as long as I wanted to stay. So Got it. I was sort of like permanently assigned to cockpit duties. Yep. All right. So yep. I never did any staff work until I made, uh, until I became very senior. You know, my last job uh, as, a, as a Navy captain, I was on the staff of the Pacific Fleet Fighter Wing. Uh, so that was a staff job. But, but they, they basically used me very effectively because I had a lot of fighter pilot skills and I was a top gun pilot and so I used that to help them you know create and design future, yeah. future systems so, so that was a good that was a good assignment too but I would much rather fly airplanes yeah so um 
you were telling me a little bit before we hit record what Top Gun is. You said it's kind of a nebulous term. Um, you know, it's kind of gets thrown around. But help, help people understand what is Top Gun who only think it's just the title of a movie. All right, without, without I will tell you directly, all right, um, and unabashedly. Uh, Top Gun is a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Right? The, the bigger picture is, is the Sonic Warrior. Yeah. Right? That's the bigger picture. Right? Yeah. Because the Sonic Warrior, if you are a Sonic Warrior, would kind of have an idea of what you're talking about. All right? So Top Gun is a piece of it. The most important thing to consider is that, is that we are dealing with an aspect of air warfare all right, that's very, very controversial. Right, still is. Right? Okay. What is that aspect? That aspect is what we call close-in aerial combat. That is explained very nicely in Top Gun Maverick. Close-in aerial combat. If you remember, he says, "Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking." Right. Today's mission is BFM, basic flight maneuvers, or dogfighting. And yeah. then, then what does he say? Don't know. He says, guns only, no missiles. Big, big line in the movie. That's okay. critical. Why is that critical? Because a lot of people thought we didn't need guns anymore. Okay. And why did they think that? Because they thought the missiles were going to be enough. But when you're close, it's they don't wrong. do anything. They, they were wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry, you know. Yeah. You know, bless their hearts, but they were wrong. They were dead wrong. Yeah. Okay. And it was proved out in in Vietnam. And that's why you're talking close in combat. Yeah. And so requires right. guns. It requires guns because a missile doesn't have long enough right. to fire, maneuver right. quickly, and hit right. your target. Right. To give you a perspective, I was flying an airplane. This is airplane was so unusual because it was so fast and could accelerate so quickly that if you fired your guns under certain conditions, the airplane would outrun the bullets. Yeah. That's fast. Wow. I know, wow, that's crazy. This is crazy fast, right? So that was the airplane that I flew, right? The thing about my airplane was that it was so good in the close-in air combat, everybody wanted those services. Everybody wanted to practice or to learn these advanced maneuvers flying against the best airplane in the world. Yeah. Right. Makes sense, right? Yeah, for you know, sure. you know, you want your air force, air yeah. forces, right, to, to go be against superior to the best what is what what can you do against the best? Not what can you do against against the you know, the crummy airplanes and the untrained pilots, that's a walk in the park. Yeah. Right? We learned that at the tail end of World War II. You yeah. You know, the, the Marianas turkey shoot. Why do they call it a turkey shoot? Because those pilots didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, it was depressing. Yeah. You know, really depressing. Well, if you're going to be good, you want to train against the best, right? Yeah. What was the best? Best was the F.A. Crusader. What is an F.A. Crusader pilot? I'm an F.A. Crusader pilot. Yeah. That, that's, what, that's what an F.A. Crusader pilot looks like. It's all explained in my book, The Sonic Warrior. And so I had two occasions in my career to upgrade the 
close-in air combat skills for two communities, the F-4 community and the F-14 community. Okay. As it turns out, my last deployment as squadron commander aboard the USS Constellation, my mission was changed. Okay, it was changed by higher authority, right? Yep. Basically, my air wing commander, you know, if you yep. wanted to know. My mission was changed to include providing close, advanced close in air combat exercises for the brand new F 14 community that was just deploying aboard the USS Constellation. So mm -hmm. that was my job. So I was the commander of the first deployed Top Gun unit in naval aviation history. And so Top Gun relates to the F-14? Is that what distinguishes no, Top Gun, it? it relates to the, the close-in air combat maneuver. Got it. Right. It doesn't matter about the airplane, right? Yep. That's irrelevant, right? Yep. Top Gun is an effort to bring back this aspect of air warfare, which everybody thought was gone because high technology was going to... You can't fight in the air when you're going that fast. Is that why they thought it was gone? They thought the missiles would preclude the need to do that. Yeah, m missiles shooting down other airplanes? Yes. Okay. Instead of guns shooting down other airplanes. Yeah, got right? it. You need both. Yeah. But, you know, there were some people that thought, well, we're going to put all our emphasis on missiles. And yeah. The guns are obsolete. So where is the line between close in and not close in? How far is close? How close is close? Close in, of course, is within visual range. Okay. All right. You have to visually be able to see. Okay. So we're talking about uh, three to five miles. Yep. Right. And, and, and closer. Yep. From, okay. Uh, that's the extreme three to five miles or however, you know, visibility long it takes to, to actually see the airplane right. or, the, or the airplane formation. It could be 10 miles if it's more than uh, two or three airplanes. If it's a gaggle of airplanes, then it, it could be that far out, but you have to be able to see it. Yeah. So we call it within visual range. Once you visually acquire the enemy aircraft, all right, yeah. then you can figure mm -hmm. out the tactics and maneuvers necessary to neutralize that threat. Yep. Now remember that the bigger picture, and that's not the end of the story, the bigger picture is to dominate the airborne battle space so that other air combat resources can prevail. Right? So we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for a greater purpose, which is we are clearing out the skies of any many airplanes. For bombers or something. For the bombers to come in and do their work, for the electronic warfare people to come in and do their work, and all of that other stuff. And Tell me about electronic warfare people. What's that? Jammers. Okay. Jammers. Yep. You know, we call it AEW, but it's basically airborne jamming. Yep. Right? It's, uh, you know, you heard of cyber warfare. It's kind of a like that, but yep. it's from, from the air. Yep. You know, just from the air, you go in and just jam their systems. We yeah. have very sophisticated jamming platforms. This country does. Amazing what yeah. they can do. All right, so we clear the skies. That was, we're, we're the first to go in. Yeah. All right, so we're the first in flight, first in battle. Kind of like the infantry of the, of the land war. Yeah. 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 
you know, yeah, we're the first to clear out the um, the airborne threat, right? And our job now that's that's not insignificant, but it's not the whole picture. So yeah. our job is to go in first to clear out the airborne threat, and then the other uh, air combat resources come in after we have cleared the skies. All right, so kind of like okay you're cleared to come in now yeah right you know yep. don't come in until we give you the clearance sign right? yep because you'll get shot down yeah right so we're going to go in there we're going to clear out we're going to clear it out for you yeah right and that was my job and my you know eventually i had to train others to do that yeah right and that became my mission for a long period of time is to train others to be able to do that well and to be able to reliably defeat all the airborne enemy forces that we would encounter. Yeah. So um, I had a chance to talk to a guy who's retired Navy SEAL. One of the questions I asked him, I'm going to ask you. First of all, I mean, I'm, I'm a patriot. I thank you for your service. And, You're welcome. And, um, love the US and I understand that there are enemies that hate us and we need to defend ourselves against them and I'm yeah. all for that. Yeah. Um, I asked this Navy SEAL, you know, what's it like killing other people? Now, he later told me this guy was willing to talk in detail and answer any question I had. This wasn't on this podcast, by the way, I wish it was because it was very interesting conversation. Um, but most of his lethal force was hand-to-hand -hand with a knife. I mean, these SEALs yeah. get up close and personal. And uh, his answer was, you know, I said the first time you killed someone, was that difficult? I mean, because, you know, we're not maybe designed to do that, but you can understand why you're doing this. And, you know, did you have to process that? And he kind of laughed at me and he goes, no. He's like, there's, he said the thing that he misses about being a Navy SEAL more than anything and he misses the guys and he misses the excitement and the adventure and the challenge he said i miss he said they send us out after the worst of the worst he said i miss being the judgment of god against some of the most evil people on earth oh that's fascinating so you're a little more removed from the guys yeah i assume you've killed people sure right yeah with with missiles or um air to ground, you know, whatever. I mean, is that, what, what's your answer to that question? Do, do you just kind of not even think about that? Do you, it's, it, you're so trained that that's just part of the deal that you just overlook it? Or is that something you have to process? No, you don't process it in, a, in what you would consider to be a normal way. Right? Yeah. But, but the, the important thing to understand about uh, all kinds of warfare, but especially aerial warfare, is that is that you actually don't want to engage in actual combat. Yeah. Because because and this all goes all the way back to Sun Tzu and the art of war. Okay. Right? Yeah. What is my job, really? Right. Is my job to fight? No. It's not. Yeah. Right? This is crazy. Right? It's totally counterintuitive, but this is the way the world is. Yeah. And this is the way warfare is. My job is to prevent the enemy 
from ever considering yes. going to war with the United States because to do so would be instant suicide. Yeah. How do you do that? You do that by by developing these skills that I'm talking about. Yep. All right. That are so superior to anything yep. that the enemy could put in the air that it is inconceivable yeah. that they would ever attempt such a thing. Okay. Now, there has been some attempts. Right? There has been some attempts. Uh, we can say from, uh, from Korea through Vietnam and other attempts. Uh, the first Gulf War, uh, there have been some feeble attempts. Okay, they were just sort of like testing the water. Yeah. Right. But when push comes to shove, and you hear all kinds of stuff about Vietnam, but keep in mind that most of what you heard was wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's wrong. It was all made up. Right. Yeah. The United States military never lost a battle. Yeah. Wow. Never. Okay. Did we ever lose an air battle? Not really. Yeah. Okay. Not really. Right. Uh, we didn't perform very well initially, and so I was brought in to fix that. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was one of my major jobs as, mm-hmm. a, as a senior fighter pilot. I During was, Vietnam, you mean? Yeah. 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 I was brought in uh, to fix that problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Along with others, but there was just a very few that were uh, in a position to do something very, very positive. So I was brought in to fix that. I kind of figured that I saved a lot of lives. What, what you're that. talking about a couple minutes ago, now this, this is not a political podcast whatsoever. Uh, it's a Christian podcast. Focus, our ministry is basically focused on scripture and the gospel. And, and, uh, but what you're talking about is, Reagan talked about peace through strength. Yeah. And the whole idea behind peace through strength was build this thing up to the point where no one messes with it. I'm talking about the military, the United States military, which actually keeps the peace, which I'm amazed at how many people don't understand that. It just, to me, seems common sense. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah. That, like, that's, that's, how you, that's how it's done if you have any kind of uh, you know, critical thinking skills. So your, your job, like you said, your job's not to fight, even though you're called a fighter pilot. Your job's not to fight. Your job is to prevent fighting. Exactly right. Uh, right. But right. because there's right. idiots and evil people out there who are going to insist on fighting, you're ready to you go. need to be ready to go. Right. You're ready to go. Right. There's some things that, you know, that we were involved with uh, that I was personally involved with that I can't really talk about. Yeah. Okay. But I'll just give you a little uh, snippet and a little hint. Right. There were other attempts to invade South Korea. Wow. Really? Yeah. Was. I was there. Yeah. Right. You know, I was, I had some special skills when I was deployed as a member of uh, Carrier Task Force 77. Yeah. 7th Fleet. Okay. okay. And, uh, and so I was immediately whisked up to uh, meet with the commander in chief of UN Forces Korea, Sinkung. Wow. You know, he wanted to talk to me. Yeah. And so 
it went from there. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. What, what can you do? And so, uh, okay, well, obviously, show of force. Yeah. You know, big yep. time, huge, right? This is a massive, and nobody knows this. Yeah, that's you know, awesome. But that's just the way the world is. While you were you sleeping. Know? Yeah, while you're <laughs> sleeping, Kevin's out there, and he's, you know, he is briefing. Yeah. Right? I'll give you a couple of terms here. You know, maybe, maybe it's not totally acceptable, but you know, what are they going to do to me? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, at my age, what are you going to do? Right. You yeah. Know? So I briefed the Joint Targeting Action Group of Commander in Chief's Forces, UN Forces Korea. I briefed that group. Oh wow! Yeah. 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 And they said, "What can you do?" Well, first thing is show of force. Yeah. Right? So we were there. Remember, I am a member of Carrier Task Force 77. That's the most lethal war machine. And when I deployed on the USS Constellation as the member of Carrier Task Force 77, that was considered to be the most lethal carrier task force ever to deploy, ever. And we were told that by the 7th Fleet Commander. He came out, flew out to the ship, and had a meeting with all the squadron commanders like me and the air wing commander and he said you guys are the most lethal that's ever deployed wow why were we there to prevent world war three yeah that's why we're there and, and, we, and we did by the way that we you know world war three never turned into a kinetic war because of the show of force yeah it was overwhelming but we had to be good right and how did we prove that well, we did, we did air combat training with our allies to show how good we were. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. You know, how do you do that? You know, well, we did joint exercises with the Singapore Air Force, for example. And so, assuming that your enemies are watching to see how good they're you watching, are. They're watching, they're watching. It's like, okay, we don't want to mess with this. Right. They're watching. They know what we can do. By the way, when you say the 7th Fleet, you're talking about the portion, the uh, all naval military operations from, like, Hawaii to the Middle East, right? Yeah. That's the 7th Fleet. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 So Through, through the Indian Ocean. Yeah. yeah. Just go west. Yeah. Go west as far as you can. Yeah. 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 We did a lot of operations in South China Sea, Philippine Sea, Japanese Sea. Yeah. You know, a lot of stuff. You know, we were there, right? And a lot, a lot of operations uh, in and around South Korea. Yeah. And you know, there's a, there's a. I didn't put this in the book, but there's a story that I have for a later time about yeah. some of my experiences at the DMZ. Oh, wow. In Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't talk about that right now, but someday. Awesome. Okay, someday. So um, we're here at the Christian Products Expo talking to the Christian Crusaders podcast. Let's, you, and you mentioned, you know, kind of loosely in passing higher power. Let's, like, tell us your story outside the military. Like, where were you born and raised? Uh, was faith always a part of your life? Um, how has that developed and grown through your experiences? Those kind of things. Okay, I'm an average American. Yeah. Right. There's nothing special about me. Right. And so part of the 
whole idea of the book, The Sonic Warrior, is shed doubt and soar, which is the motto, which basically is that, you know, your greatest enemy is yourself. Ah. That's the greatest limiting factor, right? The self-doubt. Get rid of it. Screw it. Yeah. You know, you know it's gone. You know, see ya. Bye. You know, it's not part of my life. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was raised... Uh, I was raised in a Christian family. Where at? Right, in upstate New York. Okay. Right? I was born right outside of New York City, upstate New York. Went to college. Uh, went to the University, State University of New York, and then, and then immediately after graduation, I got picked up. The Navy recruiter came to the school right, and singled me out. And where'd you go to college? State University. Oh yeah, you said that. You just right. said that. Sorry. And uh, engineering, but I was also involved in heavily involved in varsity sports. Okay. So I was a pretty good athlete as well. Mm-hmm. So that's good material, right? Yep. You know, and so the Navy recruiter, uh, and I got into uh, I got into the supersonic pipeline. I was going through the Naval Air Academy, and <clears throat> for some reason I don't exactly know why, but I wind up in the supersonic pipeline, which is of course. You know, flying airplanes that are supersonic, and this is like a new thing, right? Kind of like a new thing. Well, it's harder than you can possibly imagine, right? And so I got into this this arena, mm-hmm. and supersonic flight was new, and so this whole arena was brand new. There was nothing known about it, right? I don't know how you could actually do that without faith. Mm. I, I don't. You know, if you don't have faith... Mm-hmm. If you don't have a prayer life, mm-hmm. if you don't believe in the power of prayer, mm-hmm. you probably don't belong there. What did, what did that look like practically? I mean, and, and what, what pushed you to that point? The, the, the fact that if some little thing went wrong, you would die or... Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And so like, what kind of stuff are you praying about? Well, you know... You, the, the thing you have to understand is what, what is the mindset here, right? The mindset is not what you think it is, right? And so what occupies the mind space of a fighter pilot, of a sonic warrior, right? And people don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm talking about, and, 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 and with all due respect, but I'm talking about the research community. Yeah. The psychologists and the researchers, they have no idea. Yeah what occupies the mind space because they relate it to another dimension. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, a lot of the things in that normal dimension, all right, where things operate normally. Science, data, engineering, yeah, is that yeah, what you're talking Psychology. Stuff, yeah, that comes out of a normal dimension and, and the sonic warriors occupy a different dimension entirely. Yeah. Right. And so you, it requires a different kind of thinking, different processing, uh, different emotional makeup. And it also, uh, without question, uh, requires a belief in God. Yeah. Right. Because he is going to help you through this stuff when all things seem to be falling apart, and they often do. Uh-huh. Right. You know, they just, oh, how, how am I going to get, how am I going to survive? Yeah. And... And you got to have faith, or you're, or you're not going to do. It. You're dead in the water, right? So you got to have faith. And you'd be surprised at what 
what intellectual resources you can tap into. They're actually all available to all of us, mm. right? But you have to tap into them. You have to access them, right? And it's that, it's that intention. Right? Okay. I often tell people, and they can't possibly imagine this, but that this is true, right? So, so the the, the bottom line code of the naval aviator is this: if you don't believe you can, you can without question land this airplane on that aircraft carrier you're not going to do it you know you can't do it you have to believe you can first right. without question yeah right. you know this is like how can you do that do you have any no there's no doubt in my mind yep that's why i say shed doubt and sort because i've proven that that works right yep and i've I've been in, in, in situations that you can't possibly imagine. I mean, pitching deck, deck was heaving, you know, all kinds of weather conditions, and there was no other place to go. We actually operated, it's called Blue Water, which no, no emergency field available to you. We did that on a routine basis. It takes a lot of yeah. courage to do that, right? So if you don't believe you can do it, you can't. Right, so that's the first key to success. The first key to success is in the brain. Mm. Right, it's not in the data. Okay. Right, it's not in the numbers. Mm -hmm. right? Don't believe that stuff. No, you're being fed wrong information. Mm. It's not in the data. Trust me. All right. Mm -hmm. Where is it? It's in your brain. It's in your ability to uh, to engage in intuition and creativity. Yeah. You know, it's intellectual courage. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. That's where it resides. Yeah. Right. And 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 the Top Gun Maverick movie brings that out. You yeah. Know, it's really like a counterpart to the to the rather what we call stupid thing going on right now today. Yeah. You know? It's not about what we're being taught. You know, it's almost it's like negative learning. Yeah. You know, so and so you got to go to a different place, mm -hmm. time and place, and that's where the fighter pilot's brain resides. When I hear you talk like this, you fighter pilots have a reputation for having big egos, and 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 I'm not calling you out for that, but I'm I can understand why that happens because because you got to get to this place mentally where you're so confident that beyond the shadow of a doubt I can do this. And then if that's not harnessed the right way, it bleeds out in an ugly way, right? Just kind of like egotism and, and uh, a big head and you know, all the, all the things that fighter pilots get a, get a bad rap for. Yeah, that, but that's a misinterpretation. Yeah, I'm, know, I'm understanding you know, that as you, I listen to you, right, but say if, more about that. Right, and, and, and sure, you know, I've been uh, misclassified as having a big ego and stuff like that, but they misunderstand self-confidence with ego. Totally ah. different. Ah. Right? Self-confidence is totally different. Right? Uh, intellectual courage. Yeah. Totally different. Right? We had to be confident. Yeah. 
that we could succeed and protect this country. Yep, totally. Under all conditions. Yep. Not just on a nice, uh, sunny, calm day. Right. But under all right. battlefield conditions, so, right? And so that yeah. level of confidence. Now, now, we worked very hard, and we became very mission-focused, all right? We were focused on the mission, yeah. not on the ego, right? We yeah. care less. Right. Care less. It doesn't make any difference. You know, I don't care. You know, uh, my job here is mission focused. Yep. I was dedicated to the mission. Right? And I didn't, you know, and, and they did some studies, tried to do some studies about the mindset, the mind space of a fighter pilot and a carrier pilot. But they've discovered something amazing, which is, no, there were not. We are not afraid to die. Yeah. You know what we were afraid of? Failing. Failing. Yep. Do, don't fail. Yeah. Right? Wow. Don't fail, Kevin. Um, you know, are you, are you going to die? I don't care. I, don't, I just don't want the mission to fail. Yeah. Right? Wow. I, you know. Well, thank God for guys like that. Um, talking about self-confidence. I mean, I can relate to some of the stuff you're saying. And I've been, I, I love your word, misinterpreted. You know, throughout my life, I just, uh, there's, a, there's a boldness or a whatever that the Lord has given me, and that gets interpreted as arrogance or egotism or something like that. And it's like, no, it's a, it's a, no, it's it's a confidence, right. and that's not bad. Now, here's, here's where another rub might come in, is if, if you go down the self-confidence road all the way, then, then does that ever come into competition or come into odds with God confidence? So how do you, how do you be self-confident but still be humble before the Lord and properly view yourself or myself in, in the right relationship to God? You, you understand what I'm asking? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where self-confidence uh, shines. All right, that's what brings you to the place where you are going to ask for help because you recognize through self-confidence, you recognize that I can't do this alone. That sounds very counterintuitive. So explain sure. that. Through yeah. self-confidence, yeah. you realize you can't do this. Can't do it alone. So how does, I don't get that. Because you are not afraid to say, I don't know everything. Ah. If you're afraid to say that, then you're not self-confident. That's good. Right? Yeah. You know, you, you, we have switched it around. We don't understand. We have been taught yeah. the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Self-confidence gives me the confidence to admit my, my exactly weakness. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Right? Does that make any sense? Sure, it makes sense. That's the way it's supposed to work. Right? Yeah. We were taught the other way. We were taught it backwards and given labels that were pejorative yeah. all right, to prevent us from gaining the self-confidence that we need to succeed. How do you succeed in life yeah. if you don't have self-confidence? You can't. Yeah. All right? You can't be a fighter pilot yeah. unless you have self-confidence. Yeah. Does that mean that I'm arrogant and, and uh, totally self-contained? No. No. Exactly the opposite. I don't know everything. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So I'm going to 
ask for help. Yeah. I'm going to work with my colleagues. Yeah. I'm going to ask God to help me. Yeah, love it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Am I going to be given help? Yes. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask. I love it. You know, when you encounter the unknown, and I have been to the unknown yeah. and back many, many times. When you encounter the unknown, right, the first thing you do, the very first thing you do is you ask the higher power for help. Yeah. Right? And say, I don't know everything. Yeah. But with your help, I can get through this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, COVID-19 was like that. We entered the unknown. Yep. It's a worldwide pandemic, you know, and yep. how do we survive? How do I keep my com company going? How do I mm -hmm. uh, keep my bookstore going? I love bookstores. Yeah. Right? You know, I just, I love them. I spend a lot of time in bookstores and do a lot of bookstore events yeah. uh, because I am an author, yep. you know, and that's my favorite place to be. How do you keep going? Yeah. Right? So. You do that through faith. Let me, uh, we've got just about five or seven minutes. When did you realize you wanted to write this stuff all down? And, and how did the process of writing this come about? The process of writing that came about, uh, motivated primarily by my amazing wife, that I've been married to for a long time. We, I just we met when I was a young fighter. I just talked to Sue yeah, briefly before yeah, the interview, and you clearly yeah, married yeah, up. Yeah, right? yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> I was very fortunate. Right? I'm a lucky guy. Yeah. Right? She basically said, "You got to write this stuff down, Kevin." Cool. Right? You know, because you were on the leading edge of all this stuff, and you did some, and she was there. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, she knew these people, you know, she knew my air wing commander. Yep. Who now is uh, Vice Admiral Tony Les. They, you know, she knew all these high level people. Yeah. Right? And she knew what I was doing. You know, and she said, you got to write this stuff down. You know, it's amazing stories. She said yeah. that to me. That's cool. Yeah. You know, all right. Okay. You got it. You know, have I, you know, I'm not. I've done a lot of writing. I have a lot of books and publication. Yeah. Some of them are kind of technical, kind of. I mean, big time technical. Text, yeah. Textbooks. Within the industry. Just, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you have any other books like this that are like layman stuff? Uh, one other. Which one is what? One other. It's called Critical Thinking Essentials. Okay. You know, and you can get that anywhere. Yep. It's also available ebook. Yep. Right. By the way, the Sonic Warrior. <laughs> book, my newest book, Sonic yep. Warrior Chronicles of a Top Gun Pioneer, which is my latest book. That's available in hardcover, okay. soft cover, ebook, and audio book. Oh cool. Are you reading it? Or yeah, I'm it? reading it. Really? Yeah, they yeah, the publishers demanded that. That's they, cool. They said, no Kevin, you have to do it. Yeah. I'd always I always like audio books that are read by the author. Because you read it with the inflections that you intended, yeah, rather than yeah, what some yeah. professional reader. Yeah, would that's do. what they wanted. And they wanted the you know clearly this is the first person account. This is an account of life from the cockpit. Cool. By the person who was in the cockpit. Yeah. Right. So that's not common. Yeah. You know, and for an audio book, that's almost unheard of. Yeah. You know, but it but uh, I I did 
That's great. Did it in uh, you know one of the top audio studios in the country. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, and it came out good. That's great. Yeah, they loved it. Good. You know? Yeah. So I I I'm very proud of that effort yeah. as well. So so it's in all forms. Now now you should you pick and choose. No, you know you should get a hardcover for. Uh, you know, for a, a Christmas present for your best friend. Yeah. Uh, you get that, right? Yeah. You know, soft cover, fine. Take it on your business trips and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and then, and then get it to the audio book as well. Yeah. Because the audio book, and I say this at the beginning of my book, and this is really important because one of the things that I w- I'm trying to bring into this genre of military aviation <laughs> and... Um, military activities and stuff for veterans and what yeah. have you this whole arena I'm trying to introduce to this genre a new idea which is storytelling uh, right? we have got to express what we did through stories through stories yeah. to make it understandable Versus what? Just describing versus just what happened. Just a dry description yeah. of of dates and data. Yeah. Right. The, my book is nothing like that. Okay. Right. Zero. It was intentionally designed not to be a dry expose of dates and data, and it is not designed to be about me. Cool. Now, how do you do that? Well, yeah. read the book and see what I did. Right? Yeah. You're going to say, you know, you open the page and then right after the title page, what does it say? This is not a regular book. Cool. Yeah, it says that, right? Now, this is story. These are stories. Yeah. What is a story supposed to do? Yeah. Inspire. Yes. And entertain. Yes. That's a story. Right? These are stories. Are they true? Absolutely, they're true. Yep. So they're not made up stories. These yeah. are actually true stories, yep. right? You know, about me and others like me. But these are stories, and so you can you can look at it in times in terms of okay, story time. You know, Love it. We're going to tell a story, but but somebody's going to read it aloud. Yep. You know, read this aloud, and and you're going to tell this story. What is it about? You know, we start off with you know with a story about the perch. That's the title of one of the stories, the, the Perch. Right? Well, first of all, what is the perch? Yeah, is it right? a fish? Is you it know, a thing you're you don't even on? Know, right. You yeah. don't even know what the perch is. Well, that's a term. Yeah. That's an aviation term. Okay. Right? That's a fighter pilot term. Okay. Right? So we start off with the perch, and we explain what that is, right? It's a type of place yeah. that you can't imagine exists in the world of reality, but it does. Uh-huh. It actually does exist. And what do you do there, right? You know, That's, how, how do you how do you go from there here to there, starting from the perch, and you're flying supersonically, too, and then try this out. Then you're shooting guns, flying supersonically, flying in from the perch. Now, if that's not going to be a great story what is i love it <laughs> well you've whet my appetite and uh captain kevin smith this has been a pleasure to talk to you um where can people follow you or find you yeah website social yes. media yes go ahead and let us know what that is yeah easy 
uh, website, uh, thesoniquarrior.com. Right? Thesoniquarrior.com. Awesome. That's the website. Uh, YouTube channel is The Sonic Warrior. Yep. All right, so you could just go right there. Uh, uh, we have posted a number of uh, videos that were shot aboard the USS Constellation. So good quality videos. Great. Okay. And then, uh, uh, and then I have, okay, I got the, the, the website and the YouTube channel. Facebook or Instagram? And then, uh, yeah, it's on Facebook and Instagram, but I, in uh, TikTok. Now, okay. So, yeah, I'm on TikTok, so you can go to Sonic Warrior and we've got some, TikTok is short, yeah. short videos, right? Yep. You know, yep. so we got a, uh, we got, uh, we just, we just uh, put that up, activated that through my uh, cinematographer. I have a cinematographer. Great. With me. We have a, a documentary coming out in cool. the fall. It's going to be called The Sonic Warrior. It's going to be a film documentary. We actually shot it aboard the USS Midway. Cool. Right. And uh, we got some... One of the TikTok videos has gone viral already. Great. We've got, I think, 24,000. Well, that's great. We'll it's, look forward to yeah. watching that. And that'll be available at the website, thesoniquarrior.com. Yeah, we can, yeah we're, we're going to eventually, yes, we're, we're still working on getting all of this stuff yep. know, corralled. Yep. Take us a couple of more weeks because uh, yep. we've got a lot of, a lot of moving pieces. Great. But, uh, but yes. All of that stuff. Well, we will uh, we'll make sure to share this interview with you when it's finally produced, and uh, we'll tag you on social media and all that stuff. So, yeah, thank great. you so much for your time and for your service and your stories, and I'm, I'm looking forward to reading this. So, You're welcome. Have Great. a good day. Glad to be here. The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.